Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. Much has been covered regarding the terms of the rent cap within the cost of living emergency legislation. However, many landlords are unsure of the actual steps to take if they're experiencing increased costs and feel it necessary to raise rents higher than the stipulated cap. So today we're going to talk about how landlords can apply for a rent increase and what's involved. So Laura Chapman, Director of Edinburgh-based Chapman's, joins me today to give advice on this matter. Morning, Laura. Good morning. Now, thank you for joining us today. So, first of all, can you give a summary of the details concerning the rent increase cap within the Cost of Living Tenant Protection Scotland Act 2022? Yes, absolutely. And first of all, Gillian, thank you very much for inviting me onto the podcast. Um, Obviously, I'd hoped our first chat uh, and podcast would be a little less meaty um, and a little (laughs) less dry, um, but really delighted to chat nonetheless. So um, so yes, um, the COLA legislation, Cost of Living Tenant Protection Scotland Act, it's a chunky title. Um, So so yes, that came into force in September 2022. And it basically put a cap on the amount that you could increase your rent by. Um, and, um, and it applies primarily to tenants on a private residential tenancy agreement. So any tenancies that were entered into after the 1st of December 2017. So what it did in essence is it restricted landlords of those tenants of PRTs from increasing their rent by more than 3% in any 12-month period but it also allowed landlords to apply to the rent officer for an uplift of up to a maximum of 6% if they could prove that certain costs of theirs had gone up, gone up um, by quite a lot within the last six months. Um, there are some tenancies, though, that are exempt uh, from this legislation. So, for example, if you've got a tenant perhaps on a short assured tenancy, so pre-December 2017, as long as you've got a relevant clause in your lease allowing you to put the rent up, um, then you can actually put um, the, the shortage of tenancies are excluded from this legislation, basically. Okay. Well, you know, a, a landlord obviously can apply for a rent increase above the 3% cap in order to partially cover increased costs. Can you go into more detail on what this means? Yes, absolutely. So, um, this change really effectively kicked in on the 1st of April 2023 because there was a little bit of toing and froing in the legislation about whether you could um, not put it up at all or if you had to apply for a 3% uplift. But from the 1st of April, you could either um, categorically just give a 3% uh, rent increase to your tenants on a PRT um, and or you could then apply for, for the 6%. Um, so in terms of... I mean, in terms of the 6% um, uplift, if you're happy, happy for me just to go on about that. Yes. So the 3% you can, you, can, you can issue your notice in the standard way, giving your three months notice. Um, and there's no sort of recourse um, really in terms of what the tenants can do about that. 
But if you wanted to apply for the 6%, you need to prove that certain prescribed costs have gone up um, effectively by 12% of of the rent um, within the last six months um, of applying for this rent increase. So if I can make it a little bit simpler, I'll give you some examples. Um, So if your rent, say, is is £1,000 a month, and you want to apply for the 6% uplift, you'd be looking for a £60 uplift on your rent per month. You would need to then demonstrate to the rent officer that your costs have gone up by double that at least, so at least £120. At the same time as issuing your notice to your tenants about the rent increase, you apply for the rent officer and you submit all this evidence showing that within the six months, um, the last six months, your costs have gone up by at least £120. So your costs have to be double the amount of the rent increase, which is capped at 6%. That's right. And as you mentioned, it does. And and just to highlight, as you mentioned, it, um, it only concerns the six months prior to the application, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So you need to be really, really careful in terms of the timing of um, applying for um, the rent increase. Um, So, for example, what we did with our landlords is obviously we sort of saw this legislation coming in. As soon as we got a lot more clarity, we were contacting our landlords to say, right, on the 1st of April, it is our plan to increase your tenant's rent by 3%. However, we need you to contact us if either your mortgage has already gone up um, or you think it's about to go up because you need to make sure that within the six months you can show that it's gone up a significant amount so at least the double that you're applying for but it could be that um the the biggest jump is yet to come so come the Mm first of april it could be that some rents weren't going to go up until um sorry some mortgages weren't going to go up until the first of may so you don't want to put your rent increase notice in on the first of april you wanted to wait to show that you've got the evidence and show that you've got that doubling of doubling of costs okay right well you mentioned about um that there's specific specific prescribed property costs mm-hmm. um what are these then so it's not so, any property costs yeah absolutely so there are three that um that the government the scottish government has has stipulated um one is um your mortgage interest so not the capital amount the mortgage interest has gone up and that to be honest is is the is the main one. Um, you the second one is insurance premiums, but this is a bit of a bit bit uh, misleading in a way because you can't include your general buildings and oh, yes, I'm going to touch on that later. Actually, yes, yeah, I'm going to touch yeah. on each one just a bit more. Apparently. No problem. And then the third one is the the service charges paid by the landlord for which the tenant is responsible. But again, we can cover that in more detail as, yeah. as, as we go on. So. Um, in your experience, which property costs, like these ones that you've mentioned, um, do you think have landlords experienced the most increase in, in cost-wise? Yeah, so without a doubt, it's been the mortgage interest costs. I mean, obviously, we've just seen, you know, yes. apart from last month, you know, every single month, base rate has gone up um, every single month for about 13 months consecutively. Um, and, and that's really, I guess, you know, any any landlords who've got debt on their property, if their mortgages were coming up for renewal or if they are on a variable tracker or something like that, they're the ones that have seen the biggest increase in costs. Um, and, and they're the ones that are the easiest to prove. And as we'll probably cover on the other two, you, you can't really use the other two, to be honest, that they're not really... Um, 
good enough evidence for, 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 for rent increases. Yeah. So can we just go into a bit more detail about mm-hmm. what, you know, what are the Scottish government's conditions relating to rent increase in relation then to increased mortgage payments? Because as you mentioned, it's not on the capital, it's just on the interest. Yes, that's right. So it's the interest element of the mortgage has got to have gone up by more than double the amount of the rent increase that you're seeking. So going back to that mm-hmm. example, if you're looking for that £60 rent uplift, that's 6%, you need to prove that the interest element of the mortgage has gone up by £120 or more within the last six months at the date of sending out the notice to the tenant and, and, and applying to, to the rent office. What you need is is when you're making that application, you need um, to submit various evidence. You need to have proof of what the mortgage interest rate, so the percentage rate was, and you want to show what the mortgage interest um, rate is now. You want to show what the actual physical amount was that you were paying and what you're paying now. So that's the amount of interest and not capital, just the interest. Um, and um, so, so what could you use for that? So what we've had landlords send to us are physical bank statements, um, perhaps with a reference on it, you know, on the direct debit sh- linking to the mortgage account number. So we'd have a, a mortgage account number, something to show us that that's a mortgage applying to that property. You'd have your bank statement showing the money going out roughly six months ago at the lower rate and then what it is now at the higher rate. Um, and then you'd have some kind of document from your mortgage company uh, you know, showing advice of what the rate has gone up to. Um, and um, and, it, and it's quite interesting because you obviously got to get all that information from your landlord. So they've got to do a bit of digging and, and, and finding that information for you and sharing their bank details with you, you know, if you're, if you're doing this on behalf yeah. of a landlord. Um, you can obviously, you know, block out anything else that's, that's not relevant. We don't see what else you're spending your money on. <laughs> um, but what was quite interesting was is we did a, 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 um, a good tranche of applications on the 1st of April. No, no April Fool's Day jokes for yeah. me. Um, um, but um, what was interesting is we, we'd sent a lot of these um, applications off and generally got the responses back and everything approved. But a couple of weeks later, for the ones that we'd maybe delayed for whatever reason, the rent officer was actually coming back to us saying, right, actually, can you please show us the evidence of that direct debit coming off for the new mortgage? Because we weren't initially having to supply that. We, you know, just a letter from the bank saying your rate is going up by X amount and this is what your new payment is going to be. That was initially okay. But I think what they realized was is that, you know, yes, the bank can send out a letter saying your mortgage rate's going up to this amount, but actually there's nothing to, to have stopped that landlord in the interim remortgaging, you know, or changing to a different mm-hmm. product and therefore paying a different amount. So the rent officer was wanting to, you know, especially if the rate was going up any, you know, within very um, close proximity to that you're putting the application in, they're wanting to see that new amount physically coming off your 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 bank statement. So there's just sometimes a bit of a timing issue in, in terms of submitting the application. Okay. And what type of, you know, are there certain factors that landlords could, you know, need to consider? Yes, you, you can only increase your rent once in, in any 12-month period. And if you know, you know, you might be on a fixed rate, it may be ex- expiring, you know, in, in three months' time. You need to work out 
is it better for you to go for the 3% now, because you can do that without an application, um, and have three months, say, at the extra 3%, um, or do you, is it going to be better for you, and are you going to be able to prove significant uplifting costs to actually wait three months and go for the 6%? Um, because it's, it's really important, you know, that you've only got, you know, the, the rent officer is looking at the preceding six months see has your mortgage jumped up now i guess obviously last month the interest um base rate didn't go up you know so there's these little factors to, to bear in mind you don't know when you're going to see the biggest yeah gap between what you were paying and what you are paying so my advice and, and things for landlords to be thinking about is get organized you know work out when your mortgage is going up get your paperwork in order so you can prove what the old rates were etc um and really think about you know is it better to have 3% now or delay and wait for 6%, you know, up until, you know, you can do all of these things up until the end of March, apply for these amounts. Um, but I think probably from my point of view, um, you know, you want to just, you know, it, it's not great for tenants, but it's not great for landlords either. No. But I think if you need to stay in the market and you need to be able to keep your tenants in your property and afford to keep them, you you, know, you need to look very carefully at this and, and make sure that you're applying at the right time for you. But generally, I think what you're going to see is, is you know, regular every 12 month rent increases will become a will become a feature, whether it's a three percent or a, or an applied for. Uh, uplift on that um so yeah um i could go into the whole political things if they could reintroduce you know mortgage interest relief that would be really yes, nice exactly <laughs> yeah i know because let's not forget yes there's uh, the huge tax changes that landlords yeah. inflict on mm. well i would just them. say there's only one thing just to sorry to to, yeah. to talk over you there Gillian, That's but okay. the the other thing for landlords to bear in mind though is obviously is if you've got a change of tenancy, so you know new tenants moving in, mm -hmm. or you've got um, maybe one tenant moving out, a new tenant moving in, but you're setting up a brand new tenancy agreement. At the moment, um, you know there's no restrictions on on your rent uplift, so your new tenancy can be set at your market rent, um, you know whatever's right for your property at the time. Yes. Do you think it's actually as much of interest element will change when when March? comes at the end of March mm -hmm. and the emergency legislation ends. Do you think there will be something put in that will again prevent it for new tenancies mm -hmm. yeah. rent increasing by a certain amount as to what it previously was? Do you think that will be introduced after March? Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult to know, but if you look at the consultation documents that have been that are out, and you know encourage all landlords um, to to respond to them and tenants, because you know I think most people agree rent controls aren't good for anybody. Um, so I think under the consultation, it has said you know if it, it did actually ask that very specific question, saying should a rent cap be applied to new tenancies, or should it be once in any 12-month cycle, um, irrespective if, if there's been a tenant changeover? So, for example, you could have the situation that, I don't know, you gave a rent increase, you know, back in um, June, and then nine months later, your tenants move out and new tenants move in. Would they, those new tenants, so they say move in and say March, would they then automatically um, get a rent increase only a couple of months after moving into the new tenancy. So I don't know what's going to happen, um, but it was interesting that that was in the consultation documents. Yeah. Um, I guess they're kind of looking at all options because, yes, what we've seen now is, you know, as soon as a tenant gives notice because of the rent caps, you've got a landlords, you know, under a lot more financial pressure. Mm -hmm. 
with mortgage interest, you know, going up and not being able to offset that mortgage cost. Um, you've got a lack of supply because you have got landlords selling. Um, and so and so what you're doing is going, gosh, we're really worried about future rent caps. And, and so understandably, you know, you're trying to set the rents at the highest possible level to future proof that investment. Um, and so, you know, tenants who've moved in the last three months, you know, have been paying very high rents. And, you know, you'll know yourself, rents have gone up maybe 15, 20% in Edinburgh in the last 12 months. So it's all of these things that are kind of come into play. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's a product of rent caps. It it, it scares people and exactly. you know, people react and, you know, and generally, you know, nobody benefits, um, particularly not the tenants. Precisely. Well, look, just going back to the other prescribed mm. costs that you mentioned that were in relation to insurance premium payments and service charges. What types of insurances are included? Because you mentioned about buildings and contents not being included. So it would be good to know yeah. why this is and, and, you know, what services related to a rental property are applicable. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm not an expert on these areas because, as I say, we've just not used them because the mortgage interests have been more than sufficient for our clients. But, um, yeah, the insurance, it it can't be your contents and buildings because apparently, you know, they're excluded because they relate to the protection of the property. So, really, you know, having sort of looked through the, the detail myself, I think really the, one of the only things you could use is potentially your rent guarantee insurance um, going up. Um but because that's usually, you know, you see you see sort of offerings out there, it's usually a percentage of the rent. So, you know, if it's say two percent of the rent, you'd need to see that cost going up. You know, you'll need to see the yeah, rent going yeah. up to justify the increase in your rent guarantee cost. So I think it's a bit of a I mean, maybe there's there's other types of of, of property out there that I've not come across, but um I don't think really there's anything that your standard, obviously I'm an Edinburgh market, but you know, Edinburgh tenancy, um, we're not just new, not using that. Um and then in terms of the the, the service um charges, so again, this is a bit of a a tricky one as well, because under a private residential tenancy, you're not allowed to charge your tenant tenant anything other than rent and a deposit. Um, there are some instances where a landlord will include some services within the rental amount, um, but they have to specify what those services are within that service section of the lease um, to be able to then use those as a reason for, for putting the rent up. So some landlords may, within that clause in the lease, say, well, utility bills are included uh, or um, stair cleaning is included and it ha- or gardening is included, um, but it has to be in that clause in the lease, and then you have to be able to to prove it. So I suppose the easiest one would be be, be to prove the utility costs have gone up. Um, but in terms of you know stair cleaning and things like that, it's probably not going to make um, a material dis- you know, difference. And it has to be in that clause in the lease to yeah. allow it to be applicable. So I think some of the things in the legislation is it's cleaning of communal areas, lighting in communal areas utilities relating to communal areas and you know related say relating to door entry systems service charges relating to lifts or bins um you know ground maintenance concierge services but it but i really you don't see that many leases where those things are actually covered within that rent clause yeah um so you know um, and hopefully you know from from a landlord's perspective they didn't include utility bills um over the last 12 months within their rents uh, rental amounts because obviously that they've gone up quite dramatically yes absolutely and i gather it'd be the same type of information or evidence that's required to be given you know if you were if landlords were applying 
on those, you know, on service charges or insurance. Again, it would be very similar to mortgage interest and side of things yeah, is to show. Absolutely. Yeah, to show the increasing cost. Well, are there certain considerations that landlords must make before applying? Because, I mean, do they need to inform their tenant at this stage of their intentions? Yes, absolutely. So my advice is you apply to the rent officer at the same time as issuing the rent increase rent increase notice, which is your, your three right. months notice. Um, we've already talked about, you know, the timing of it because you need to be able to prove that your costs have gone up, etc. And you can only do it once in any 12 month period. So when you're when you're putting your um when you're sending your notice to your tenant, you need to tell your tenant on the form, you know, um, when was the, the rent last increased? And it may never have been increased. It may be only, you know, mm-hmm. you know the, f- the first increase that they've got. And and you need to specify that, you know, it's only once in, in any 12-month period. You need to tell them what their current rent is um, and what the new rent is and when that new rent um, is going to, to take effect. If you're applying to the rent officer, so this is obviously the 6% uplift, you need to let them know that you've applied to the rent officer and you need to tell them that the new rate will only come into effect if the rent officer makes an order confirming it um, or if the rent officer has not confirmed it, but you've appealed to the first tier tribunal. On the information as well, you give you should give the tenants advice on where they can go to to get help and advice. Um, and also on the form that you give, there is an element, a section on it that allows the tenants to actually sign and accept it or not accept it and say they're applying to um, to, to appeal it, etc. Um, but the Scottish government actually has got a, a useful template and a template letter um, on their website, um, which I think you might put in at the end of the podcast. Yes, as we have, for that. That's right, because we will actually. Do, um, we'll have a blog related to this podcast, which will be able to be found on the City Election News page, and Great. we'll include links to that helpful document, which includes the template letter. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. I mean, what I have found is that, you know, although there's a section on it that tenants can fill it in to accept it, I think about three three of our tenants actually um, filled in the form accepting it, whereas right. um, the, the vast majority just amended their standing orders. And, um, and in fact, actually, um, I mean, a lot comes down to communication, but a lot of um, tenants, because we told them all about this, you know, because tenants were really anxious um, about yes. rent increases and they didn't know when it was coming and what, what the situation was. So we'd kind of communicated them before that, you know, the maximum it would be would be 6%. It might be coming. Landlord's costs have gone up, et cetera, et cetera. So I think actually most tenants were actually just relieved that it was, I say in inverted commas, only 3 or only 6%. Um, right. And um, and most, actually, well, a large number actually came back saying thank you, um, that, you know, that it wasn't more and, and these sorts yeah. of things. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. no one no sure. one likes cost increases. No, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Um, well, so how quickly is the application review process and and this matter of interest how many of your landlords needed to apply for an increase you know apply for permission for a rent increase since caps introduced and how many had the request granted so um so no really good question so we did a a large swathe on on the first of april i think it was a saturday it was a very exciting day for me um but um what we found on sort of the first of april is is the rent officer was very quick in, in, in coming back to us maybe 
two, three weeks. Um, no, that was it. Um, and every single one came back approved. Or if they wanted additional information, like I was telling you about seeing that direct debit coming off, they would say, look, can you please just, we see it's taking effect on this date um, as soon as the, the landlord, um, because it may be that the de their, their um, debit didn't come off for another four weeks, even though the new interest rate is applied. Yeah. They just said, as soon as you've got that, that proof, can you send it through to us? Um, so and then we did a few more in sort of May, June. I haven't done any in the last month or so. Um, so I don't know if they've slowed down. There was a bit of a slowdown, but generally I'd say about three, four weeks like okay. they're coming through with a response. Um, we All but one of our applications was approved at the full 6%. Um, and another one was approved at about 5.7% because that's all we could justify in terms of the cost increase. Um, so we've got a, a great success rate on it, which is, which is good. Uh, and I would have said... Um, Probably about 70% of our properties had a 3% uplift and probably about 10% had the 6% uplift. So obviously everyone's portfolio is different. Some don't have debt. Um, we had a very challenging one where it was um, a number of properties in a portfolio through a limited company where they had pooled debt. Um, so there was quite a lot of interaction with the bank to try and get them to confirm statements of how each you know, uh, it was like a pooled facility, but that's a boring one and another conversation. But we got there in the yeah, end um, and lots of conversations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you can, as long as you can prove it, and there's usually a way of proving it. But I was I was quite pleased. I used to be a banker. So <laughs> did oh, I know. I was about to ask, actually, because I was thinking, do you know, once we talked about this, because I knew that you actually did start off in property, and I was going to ask you about this, which we'll yeah. just move on to, because mm. that's been really helpful, because we've had quite a lot of landlords who are concerned. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't want to see the tenants having, you know, extra costs Absolutely. placed on, on them. So we've had landlords approach us about this. There's a lot of information out there about what's allowed, what's not allowed, but not actually how you go about it. Mm -hmm. um, that's been really helpful. So yeah, let, let's talk about yourself and Chapman's because mm. yeah, you've been a landlord for I think over 20 years and Chapman's been established for 13 years now, yeah. but you mm -hmm. weren't originally in property. Yeah, you were, you were, um, yeah, it was a child. Do you, will you tell us and your journey? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Do you know yeah. Oh, no problem. I know, gosh, I can't believe it's making me feel a bit old, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, so, I mean, I've always had a love for property. Uh, I think I've moved house, you know, really big house moves um, well over 20 times. Um, father worked in a state agency. He also built loads of houses and quite a lot were built um, in uh, whenever the crash was. Oh, I think it was oh, 2007. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, this is 19, in the 1990s. Yeah, um, okay. So yeah, 12, 12 houses built, won awards for them and couldn't sell them. Interest oh, rates were at God. 20% or something. So um, so yeah, even at 5%, it doesn't, it, you know, they're, they're high, but they're yeah. not compared to what they were. But um, um, but no, always, always been loved property and, and always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit and bought the first property um, when I was at university. I had a graduate job offer, never actually took up the job, but somehow got a yeah. mortgage, uh, which shows how easy it was to get mortgages I then. Know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, bought the property and, and literally the day after I got the keys, um, I had a tenant move in because I couldn't actually afford to live there. I hadn't got a job. Um, so yeah, a whole different, whole different world. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, went into, went into banking after university um, and so became a chartered banker. So all of these things has really helped to be honest 
on us in setting up the agency. Um, but I left in, in, in the 2009 crash um, because it became a very challenging place to be. And I started just renovating properties with my husband who did kitchens and bathrooms. So put on a steel toe cap work boots and, and then just slowly set up the agency. Um, for me, it, it, I've always worked hard, but I've never really been driven by ego. Size doesn't really matter uh, to me. Um, for me, it was all about um, the values of, of, of the business, you know, what, what was behind it. So, you know, honesty and integrity and, and really sort of working in as a team, you know, with, with my clients, um, because I feel sort of feeling, I think this is coming more and more so, um, that you've got to be able to navigate the complex legislation and, and also understand the fabric of a property. Um, but ultimately, you know, what we're doing is we're dealing with people, you know, whether it's, you know, my team, whether it's contractors, whether it's our landlords, whether it's the tenants, and we're dealing with their homes, with the landlord's most valuable asset. Um, and, you know, as no property is the same, no person, you know, is the same. Um, and I think there's lots of, you know, there's lots of legislation and, and pitfalls, but I think if you can have a good relationship with, with people, you can often avoid a lot of those challenging issues and the more unpleasant side of, of renting. Um, and, and a bit like with, with the rent increases, I think it's keeping people informed, giving them some dignity behind it, you know, also yeah. explaining why costs are going up because, you know, a lot of tenants, you know, just think all that money is going into the landlord's pocket, you know, and it's sort no. of saying, well, you know, we don't want our tenants to leave the market, you know, and a lot of tenants saying I'd rather pay more rent than a tenant sell, you know, than a landlord sell. Landlord, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think in this, in this sort of environment, never more so has it been more important to just constantly having conversations, empathizing, being professional, um, you know, and uh, yeah. And I think just treating everyone with respect and dignity, because usually things are solved by a good conversation. Um, yeah. and, and that's kind of, really what you know Chapman's is all about we're values driven um and you know hopefully that comes across in in, in our approach so yeah, yeah that's but interestingly yeah. that that brings me on because um Chapman's have been awarded gold haven't they for best letting agent of the year in the all agents awards what about five times now and then recently been nominated gold again this year so yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the team? Because one thing with all agents is it's not it's not something that I think the the agents apply for, is it? It's voted by the tenants and landlords. Well, yeah, you tell, you tell the story. Absolutely. Tell, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Who doesn't love a, a little gold star? Exactly. You know, it's like being back at school. Um, <laughs> no, it's um, no, it's it's really it's really lovely to to get that because yeah, you don't apply or, or pay to be you know to get into this into the awards. So they are truly based on feedback of 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 landlords and of tenants. And um, you know, who doesn't? But we as a team, we absolutely love all the positive feedback that we get. And I. I personally do a little happy dance every time a five-star review comes in, whether it's from a landlord or from a tenant. Um, and um, and I don't know, I just, and, you know, we're really unusual. We, we, we actually get sort of cupcakes sent to us by tenants, you know, um, and we've had tenants become landlords with us and, and things like that. Oh, so it, it just, I don't know, it just makes me feel really um, proud that somehow we sort of manage that delicate balance because, you know, the landlords are our clients, but they don't stay in business without our tenants. And it just makes me feel really good that, you know, we're somehow managing that delicate balance between getting everyone, you know, everyone winning and working together. Um, so, yeah, no, it, yeah. Who doesn't like an award? <laughs> Very well done. So you're nominated. So when, what's the date of the actual awards? 
I think it's in November, um, but I'm not actually sure, to be honest. Um, but it's it's sometime coming up quite soon. So. Oh, well, all the very best. Good luck. <laughs> Thank and you, Gillian. Thanks, now. Oh, well, yes. Thank you very much. It's been great. Yeah. It's been so helpful. So thank you very much, Laura. Oh, you're very welcome. And, and if anyone needs to get in touch, you know, for advice, you know, more than happy for my details to be shared. Perfect. Thank you. We'll include them in the blog, which again, as I mentioned before, will be found on the news page. I'm Gillian Sandler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk. Thank you.